and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Do you want to be more fulfilled? Do you want to know how to achieve lasting, positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list. When you become a subscriber, we'll send you an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. It's our gift to you. To get you started on your journey or to help you leap to the next level of self-awareness and positive transformative change, simply enter your details at www.catherineplano.com forward slash newsletter. As a valued subscriber, you'll also receive access to exclusive content, members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP treatment and discount tickets to events. We offer bonus content too, more advanced tips and tricks only available to subscribers. So what are you waiting for? As you know, it's my passion and purpose to help others to understand their own uniqueness and to unshamedly rock it to live lives they love. Whatever you're seeking, whether it's more money, more meaningful relationships, a more rewarding career, or just more satisfaction, it's all possible once you learn how to tap into your greatest potential. And why not get on board with this transformational movement by recommending a friend? Some do prefer to journey solo. Others love to share the experience with a mate. It's entirely up to you. We look forward to welcoming you on board. All you have to do is enter your details at www.catherineplanner.com forward slash newsletter. This week, as always, we have another woman of inspiration for you, Megan Dalla Kamina. Megan is a strategist, a speaker, writer, and researcher passionate about changing the conversation on women, leadership, and work. She is also the co-founder and CEO of Lead Like a Woman, an enterprise dedicated to women's empowerment, transforming leadership, and creative positive organizational change. 
Before becoming a thriving entrepreneur, she spent two decades as a senior executive in global organizations such as GE, PwC, and IBM. Well known for her capacity to inspire and empower, while keeping it real, Megan is passionate about busting the rhetoric that keeps us stuck, asking new questions, and getting to the heart of what creates real change. Her work has been referred to by Forbes as brave and by Naomi Wolf as refreshing. Megan won the NAB Women's Agenda Award for Leader in the Private Sector and she has been nominated for Telstra Businesswoman of the Year multiple times. Her work and writing have been featured in Forbes, Fortune, Huffington Post, Psychology Today and the list goes on. She is the author of the best-selling book, Get Real About Having It All, and the newly released Lead Like a Woman, Your Essential Guide to True Confidence, Career Clarity, Vibrant Wellbeing, and Leadership Success. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational woman. Enjoy. As always, we have another amazing woman for you, Megan Dalla Kamina. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this conversation today. Same. I'm very honoured and I love what you do, so I can't wait to get into it. Uh, as we always do, we always start with a uh, show with a story and we love to ask our woman of inspiration her unique story. So tell us your unique story and how did you get to what you're doing today? Right, uh, my unique story. So I, where do I start with that? Um, I grew up as a, as an actress, as a creative with a capital C, I like to say, as a performer, um, literally the first half of my life. And I thought that that was going to be my journey. I thought I was going to end up, you know, in Hollywood, married to Charlie Sheen, you know, doing the whole, the whole um, Hollywood actress thing. And in my sort of early 20s, a couple of things happened that sort of took me off that path, one of which was I got chronic fatigue when I was 21. And this is before we really knew what chronic fatigue was. They were kind of grappling, the doctors, the um, integrative healthcare professionals, grappling with what was it that was wrong with me. And then a couple of years after that, I had a car accident. And it wasn't a terrible car accident, but it was bad enough that I was kind of um, I hurt my back. I was kind of doing rehab for about six months. And both of these things kind of upset the apple cart, I guess, if you will, as things do when we're meant to be on a different path. And coming out of the coming out of the back of both of those things, I ended up in corporate, um, which was nowhere I ever thought I would be. And I ended up working for GE, the General Electric Company, in uh, a sort of admin role that quickly turned into a marketing role that really I found my place. Like I found my for that period of time um, and that sent me off on an 18-year journey through corporate America um, in Australia, in Asia, in the US, all around the world in big marketing jobs, branding jobs, um, ended up as head of strategy at IBM, which was the last big corporate job that I had. And through that journey, you know, the typical things happened. I got married. I had a baby. I got divorced. 
I struggled through doing a couple of master's degrees. Uh, and in the middle of all of that, I had a really uh, quite terrible burnout. And uh, that was a really defining moment for me. I was in my mid-30s. I'd been travelling the world for 10 years in my big jobs, a complete and utter workaholic. And and by my mid-30s, I was a single mum. I was doing my first master's degree in business. I was head of marketing at IBM, massive job. And, yeah, but completely burnt myself out, which was no surprise to anybody, including myself. And that really then sent me off on the next phase of my journey and my story, which was around health and well-being, um, a deep spiritual practice, and really trying to understand as a woman, how do you thrive? How do you do work that you're passionate about in the world and be well and take care of yourself and bring all of these pieces together because I had no idea how to do that. And that's really been the last sort of decade of my of my journey and my story. I spent another couple of years in the corporate world, uh, or seven actually, after that burnout. I did my yoga teacher training because I wanted to get deep into my spiritual practice. I did a second master's degree in wellness and positive psychology because I wanted to understand the science of thriving. I did half a PhD in feminine power before I realized that I was really just stepping into another layer of the patriarchy and I didn't need another piece of validation, so I quit. <laughs> um, and wrote a couple of books, left the corporate world, started my business, which I've now been in for five years, which is centered around a number of different companies, all with the core mission of empowering women, helping women rise, helping women step into their power and specifically their feminine power uh, and really live the lives that they want to live. So that brings me up to today. Mm, I love that. And I love, it's it's uh, just interesting, uh, just this morning I was having a conversation with another guest where uh, there's this thing, because uh, you were talking about a spiritual practice, and I find this, it's quite common, including myself, women in the corporate world climb the corporate ladder. How do they find the balance to merge the two? And the spiritual practice could be as simple as meditation, yoga, practicing mindfulness, whatever it is for, for uh, each and every one of us. But how do we do that when you are like yourself, like you were saying, a single mom, corporate ladder? So let, let's maybe unpack a little bit about your program, Lead Like a Woman, because um, mm. I love the, the – the, it is the whole um, – when I was looking at your website, being an authentic leader. Mm. And it's it's one of those things that we banter around. But authentic means like really being standing in your truth. And I think that quite often people are afraid to stand in the truth and show who they really are. So maybe let's unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, oh, such a big topic, isn't it? Like it we is. could talk for five days just on this one just on this one question. So Lead Like a Woman came about um, because coming out of corporate, uh, I had spent the last, I guess, five or five or six years in my corporate job. I was head of strategy, but I was also head of gender diversity and spent a lot of time inside of IBM, outside of IBM, um, trying to get, trying to find the silver bullet around women women in leadership, 
why women continually, and we still see it to this day, nothing's really changed, continually fall out of the pipeline when they get into middle management and why women aren't happy being in corporate structures. And coming out of the corporate world and having done so much work around women in leadership and and mentoring and coaching women, I wanted to get into this. And I started working with uh, a number of different corporates on like what would a unique women's leadership journey look like in terms of development and how would you bring together all of the things and work that I'd been doing around positive psychology and neuroscience, gender science, leadership development, well-being in the framework of working inside of an organisation. And that's how Lead Like Woman came about and the book and the program. And it really is about charting a course for women and professional women inside of organisations. But, you know, there's also entrepreneurs, there's all different types of women in, in who go through the program. But to look at um, how you become authentic as a woman in business and we look at things like embracing your feminine traits. You know, if you're in a structure and that could be a corporation, it could be government, could be a non-for-profit, you know, so many structures in our society today are still very deeply ingrained in masculine traits and behaviours and success models. How do you as an authentic woman, meaning a woman who is in her um, alignment with feminine traits as well as masculine traits, how do you show up like that in places and workplaces that have told women for I mean, we could have a discussion about how long, decades, hundreds of years, um, that the only way to be successful is to look, behave like a man um, and a particular model of a man as well. So that's really where the journey starts, embracing feminine traits. We look at something called gender mindsets. You know, how do you actually feel about being a woman um, in, in your working life? Does it help you? Does it hinder you? And then all the way through the journey, you know, looking at um, confidence, but true confidence, not fake it till you make it confidence, but authentic confidence, unpacking stories and beliefs, looking at your strengths and the different aspects of positive psych, Um, career management, personal branding, mentors and sponsors, all the way through to deep core sustainable well-being and grit and grace. You know, how do you have the grit for your journey, but how do you also have a level of grace where you can flow as much as you hustle? Um, so so that's really the lead like a woman journey in 30 seconds or less. Um, but what we're seeing with women all over the world is who are either reading the book or just part of this conversation or going through the program is this deep sense of discovery about who they are, who they want to be, what is the life and career that they want to create for themselves when they give themselves permission to step into that alignment, into that sense of authenticity? And then how do you actually go and do that in a world that still tells women so often, no, no, you won't show up like that, no, you won't behave like that, Uh, And who are you if you don't fit into what I say is, you know, the model of success. So, again, it really comes down to empowerment, empowerment for women in a way that really makes sense to us.
Mm. And so for our listeners, with this uh, evidence-based program, how long does it take to go through the program? So it depends. If you come in uh, as an individual, like just someone, you know, off the off the street or by yourself, then <clears throat> we run it as a 12-week uh, 12-week program. So there's uh, six modules, you know, and you, and you get a module every couple of weeks. Um, I do this work with a lot of organisations. So a lot of organisations will put uh, groups of their women through, and I'm doing a lot at the moment across Australia, Asia and the US, um, and then we just tailor it to, to the organisation. So sometimes that's three months, sometimes it's six months. To, to go through the program with really supportive coaching as well because it's one thing to go through what we've all, been, we've all been through programs and we sort of sign up and often it sits there in our inbox and nothing happens. <laughs> um, but to have a really deep coaching journey along with that is where we can really embed the learnings and the changes and discuss what's going on for us and this sense of connection that women are so deeply longing for. I don't know if you're seeing this. I'm certainly seeing this in my work, this deep sense of longing to uh, where we can get offline but where, where it needs to be online or virtual to still have something real happening in yes. terms of uh, in terms of me connecting with you and having real conversations like we're doing now. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There has to be, I call it blended learning because it, they, mm. I think that just online, there's, there yeah. is no connection. And I think there's a sense of, because I mean, we're wired to connect. And, yes. and when we're not connecting, we're not part of a community, then it's, it's not, I, I don't know that it might be, it might be inspiring because everyone works differently, but the, I guess that, um, you know, the support to keep moving forward. Yes, without mm. question. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking about finding the balance between, you know, the corporate world and the spiritual side of oneself. And I'm guessing this is how you uh, created uh, Sacred Living. Would you like to talk to us about the Sacred Living uh, space? Yeah, so... <clears throat> this has been a really interesting journey for me. Um, you know, coming out of corporate, I've been out of corporate for six years. Um, when I was in corporate, I wrote my first book called Getting Real About Having It All, which was published through Hay House, still is still available, because one of my dear girlfriends used to say to me, Megan, can you please write down all of this stuff you talk about, about women no one talks about this stuff. Can you please, you know, put it down? And I'd never even thought about it. So I did. And then that transitioned into Lead Like a Woman. And coming through five, six years of being in business and watching my own transition and this, um, it's like if, you, if you're familiar with the heroine's journey, yes. it's, it's the it's the descent, right? It's you know we we're sort of in our normal world, and then something happens, and we realize that there's something else for us, and we start to descend, and we go through that beautiful uh, heroine's journey that Maureen Murdoch um, writes about. And as that sort of happened, and I've descended more deeply. I mean, I've always been a spiritual person, but it, it did absolutely get lost a lot along the way when I was in my um, in my professional roles, but this descent around realizing at quite a deep level that there has to be something more and not, not yes, on a spiritual level, but just on a daily 
physical, mental, emotional level of how we as women live our lives, how we engage with the world, um, how busy or simple our lives are, how connected or disconnected we are, um, how much meaning and purpose there is in our work or not, and how we think about and live our womanhood. It's a theme I've really been sitting in for the last couple of years. Led me to my book that I've just finished, which isn't out yet. It'll be out next year, 2019, uh, around June, we think. It's called Simple, Soulful, Sacred, um, A Woman's Guide to Clarity, Comfort and Coming Home to Herself. And as I was going through that journey of writing that book, I was also on the side playing with this new, I didn't really know what it was, it's turned into a lifestyle site for women that's just been launched two weeks ago called Sacred Living. And it's really an exploration of and for women about how we can do that. How, how can we come home to ourselves? How can we look at, um, like, what, what does a sacred life look to us, look like to us? What does it mean to be a sacred woman? What does it mean to run a sacred business, to do business in a in a different way, in a heart-centered way, um, in a way that is much more aligned to flow than it is to hustle? And how do we practice sacred well-being? So it really started with me exploring these things deeply through the book and at the same time sort of playing with if I was going to do something, what would that look like? And it's turned into this beautiful creation um, called Sacred Living, uh, sacredliving.co, that is really, for me, the start of a new conversation I want to start having and new communities I want to start building with women around these topics so that we can all start to come back to ourselves, to come back to what's important to define that. And to work out, as I think so many of us are trying to do right now, how do we actually do it? You know, especially for those of us who are certainly for women who are in, you know, careers in organisations and absolutely for those of us who are running our own businesses, um, how do we get off the treadmill, you know, of, of busyness, of hustle and create something more aligned and more sacred for ourselves. So that's where that's come from. And it's a beautiful website, by the way, for our listeners. I'd highly thank recommend to check you. it out. It's gorgeous. I love all the colours as well and I love uh, it. I just love it. Thank you. I built it myself. Wow. I know. I'd never built a website before, but I um, I wanted I wanted to, it to be a creative journey, you know, like I, I've got my website, you know, my big fancy pants, you know, branded website that, you know, worked on for years and years and years with designers and, and incredibly talented people. But I just wanted to, I didn't want it to be that. I wanted to go on a creative, explorative journey and mm -hmm. see what I could just intuitively bring in and do over a long period of time. Took me about a year to, to really build it and craft it. Uh, to to what it is so yeah thank you I really appreciate that it's beautiful absolutely beautiful so Megan before we got on the show we were actually having a bit of a conversation around transition and space where we're in a space of transition and finding that many other 
women are in a space of transition. Um, I'd love to unpack that a little bit because everyone goes through their own journey, of course. And what would be some uh, things that you would like to share with our listeners for those that are going through a transition right now, because there is lots of transitions taking place, whether it's transition in relationships, transitions in where to from here for 2019, what would be some of those little things that you would like to share? Yeah, look, it's such a juicy topic. And I'm finding this as well. I'm finding it with my clients, with my entrepreneurial clients, with my, you know, executive women clients that I work with. I'm finding it with my girlfriends, like my close inner circle. Um, And I'm finding it in the general, like the cultural narrative right now for women that there is this real sense of transition. And for some people, you know, as you said, that's a, that's a, could be a business transition, um, morphing and, and, and sort of molding, which is what I've been experiencing. Um, it could be relationships. I'm also finding that my son's just finished school. Uh, he's just done his HSC in Australia, final year of high school. So that's a massive transition for, for both of us. It's like, there's just a lot of this and there's a lot of transitionary energy. Um, I think the first thing, the first piece of I don't know what you would call it, um, my my wisdom, my hard-earned sort of learnings is to, to transition well, and we can talk about what that means, you first have to be really honest about where you're at, I think. Um, I think for so many of us, <clears throat> we're so busy uh, you know, it's just that, that general frenetic busyness that's in our culture that to actually stop and to feel into where am I at? Like, why am I feeling uncomfortable? Because transition typically starts with a restlessness and that's part of the heroine's journey as well. You know, this sense of, I don't feel quite right anymore. I don't feel quite like myself or how I used to feel, that sitting into the honesty and the realness of that um, is incredibly important to to move through any transition. I think we have to acknowledge to ourselves that it's going to get messy and that it's going to be uncomfortable and that that's okay. You know, transition's not a problem. Mm. It's, not, it's not a problem to be fixed. It's a natural problem part of evolution it's a natural part of our journeys personally professionally like on all levels I think it only becomes a real problem when we think that it shouldn't be something it shouldn't be difficult it shouldn't take time it shouldn't take work um, it shouldn't be uncomfortable and it just is like I think if we can sit into that this is going to feel messy I can get comfortably uncomfortable and I can sit in the grace to let this unfold and trust that I'm going to be given what I need when I need it to move through this and that the only way to get to the other side is through it. Mm. And if we can sit into the truth of that, then we're going to be okay, you know, like we may not like the process and I have some fascinating conversations with girlfriends um, and one of my really close girlfriends in particular, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the app Voxer, which yeah. is like the, the walkie talkie app. Like mm-hmm. we leave each other these messages, um, which is just beautiful when it just at different stages, you know, every couple of days we'll leave each other a message and, and I mean, it'd be a beautiful book just to transcribe all of that. This is what transition looks like, 
you know, because mm. we're both going through it. So, yeah, I don't know if that all makes sense, but oh, like, we have to be in it, right? We have yep. to be in it. Yeah. Yeah, and I look, I, I think there's a real – um, flow to what you were talking about. You're not actually standing in your way because sometimes I think that when people go through a transition, instead of allowing the process to take shape, they get in their way uh, and whether it's fear, anxiety or whatever that may be, actually stops the flow and sometimes yes. it can keep us stuck. So yes. it's nice to just sort of be comfortable with the uncomfortable feelings at the at you know whatever you're experiencing and allow that to flow through because at the end of the day regardless I always look at it this way it's it's always a growth when I'm at the uh, edge of a cliff or when fear is in front of me I know that that is an invite for me to cross that bridge because I'm going to grow in some way shape or form so I look at that transition piece. I myself am going through a transition right now and I'm I'm actually thinking to, like you were saying, sometimes it's like there's got to be more to this. You know, how can I do more mm. and where to from here moving into mm. 2019? Yeah, it's interesting listening to, you, listening to you say that. I mean, what you were just referring to is what the science will call growth mindset, right? Professor Carol Dweck from Stanford, she talks about fixed mindset, growth mindset. And growth mindset is very much about – um, I'm going to progress down this path because I'm going to learn and grow and that's all I need for success. It doesn't actually matter what the outcome is. Um, I, I, I know that I'm going to be successful if I am continually learning and growing, whereas fixed mindset, which is where so many of us sit, is um, failure is fatal. So if there's any risk, I'm just going to sit where I am. Mm. And that's where change gets really hard, right? Because we can feel that we want to shift, we want to move, something is coming, wants to come through us, but we sit in our fixed mindset because we don't want to change because what's going to happen? Like there's too much risk there. And I love what Brene Brown says. She says, you can have courage or comfort, but you can't have both. So at some point you have to get to uh, to a choice, a point, like it's your choice. You can absolutely choose to stay to stay where you are, but don't expect that there's going to be growth there, mm. you know, or you can choose I'm going to step into my courage, even if it's the smallest possible step that you could take, and I'm going to choose that courage so that I can, you know, move forward even if I have no idea what that looks like. And that's where I see so many women and so many women come to me for coaching because they're like, I, I like, I really want to go on this journey. I know something else is coming, but I'm terrified. How do I start? Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. It reminds me of a movie and I've shared this before. Uh, we bought a zoo with Matt Damon. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's the 20 seconds of courage. So he sees this beautiful woman sitting in a cafe and he wants to go in there. He has this urge to tell her and he, he actually says, he actually uh, gave a time. I'm, I'm giving myself 20 seconds of courage. And so mm. I use that as well. When I feel this sense of fear, I have this lightness about it. I, 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 um, by giving myself 20 seconds, it creates urgency, but it's, there's a playfulness about it. So it's yeah. light. It's not so serious. Yeah. So I love the courage piece moving into it. Yeah, I love that. And of course, Mel Robbins, you know, talks about the five second rule, yeah. you know, five, four, three, two, one, go, 
Yes. Um, yes. Which is, you know, because when we sit, a lot of the work that I do with women is unpacking the stories mm. because confidence, you know, women are always told, well, you'd be great. You just need to be more confident. Like what the hell does that mean? It's so ambiguous. It's unhelpful. Um, the research tells us that all confidence is, is turning our thoughts into action. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stops us, of course, is our stories. You know, we have a thought, we want to go and do something. What stops us? The story that we're telling ourselves, or the stories that we're telling ourselves for all the reasons that we shouldn't go and do that. Yeah. So, so things like your 20 second rule, the five second rule, taking the very smallest step, which is something I like to encourage people to do and that I do myself mm. um, doesn't need to be a big leap it doesn't no. need to be an act of faith it can be the smallest thing that you could do to move forward you're still moving forward so yeah so important so true and Megan the other thing you were talking about there's a science uh, around thriving what would be some of the things that you found when when we're talking about thriving what was the science around thriving so, look, the science of positive psychology, yeah, which is um, which is all about that. How do we get to a state of thriving? You know, started with Professor Martin Seligman um, around how do we look at what's right with us and how to amplify it versus what's wrong with us and how to fix it. So I'd point people in, you know, in that direction. There's so much out there now. You know, when I started um, and was doing my Masters of Wellness and Positive Psych, you know, there was hardly anything. We were right at the beginning of the movement. Now it's everywhere. Um, Mindset. So Professor Carol Dweck's work, her book Mindset, um, is, is still one of the, you know, one of the best books in this space because really, we can talk about the spirit we can talk about the spiritual side and spiritual practice which is absolutely core to thriving in my in my in my opinion and the other side of that is mindset right so mm-hmm. who we are how we feel what we do how we anchor ourselves um how we connect with something bigger than ourselves how we listen to and trust ourselves huge for women men as well mm-hmm. We just don't talk about it as much for men. And then it's mindset. You know, what am I thinking? How am I uh, putting myself in a growth mindset? How am I um, getting myself in the right state to be able to act in the way that I want to act? Um, you know, there. and then, look, there's the whole piece around well-being. When we talk about thriving, how do we look after ourselves? How do we sleep, eat, move? What do we do to nurture and restore ourselves? How do we connect in with people? What's our gratitude practice look like? How are we engaged in community and, and in our friendships and, and family relationships? They're really the key pieces for me. Um, and then if there was a fourth piece, so spiritual, mindset, well-being, I think this fourth piece is really around purpose. Mm. And we talk, we hear so much around purpose. It's become this glorified uh, thing, you know, just go find your purpose and everything will be fine. Well, that's unhelpful for a lot of people yep. because for a lot of people it's like, well, where on earth would I even start? Mm. And what's wrong with me if I don't understand what my purpose is, which is what I see from so many women. Um, there's, a, there's an article on my website called um, Follow the Breadcrumbs, which is around 
picking again, picking up the next clue. You don't need to know the whole path. You don't need to know your purposeful work and career and business plan for the next 10 years. If you're struggling with what is my purpose, where is meaningful work, then just look at what's in front of you. What's exciting you right now? Mm. You know, what's lighting you up? What are you curious about? Go pick up that. Yep. And then re-trigger that and re-trigger that. That's what the science tells us. Keep re-triggering that until it either, you know, sparks into something or fades out and then go pick up the next breadcrumb. Mm. Um, and that's that's how we get to purpose. You know, God's not going to, well, God might, but, you know, we often think we're going to get this parting of the clouds and the booming voice and this is your purpose in life. The research would tell us it rarely, if ever, happens like that for people. So look at what's in front of you because we know that when we're on purpose, doing meaningful work, feeling like we're in service, that that deeply contributes to thriving, you know, for us as individuals. I've got a visual about, you know, follow the yellow brick road, every step you've got. Yeah. yeah it's just unfolding yeah. in front of you. So, Megan, I'm curious, how do you merge? Because I know that we've had a lot of corporate women on the show. How do you find merging spirituality and corporate together? How do you think they work well together? Oh, such a good question. Um, look, it's interesting because uh, I don't consider myself a corporate woman anymore because I've been out of the corporate world for six years. Um Looking back in hindsight um, and with, you know, a lot of women that I still work with and, and big corporates that I go in and do leadership work with, it really comes back to this sense of self. You know, it really comes back to who am I? How do I want to live my life? Like if, if you look at I took a lot about life vision. If you look at the pieces of your life, what is in there? You know, what's important to you on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Is it creativity? Is it spiritual practice, which I'll come back to? Is it purposeful work? Is it doing work in my community? Is it, you know, going to the gym every day? Like what is it that's important in there? And how do I continually connect back to myself? And how do I continually connect into something bigger than me? And bigger than me could be, could be God, it could be whatever other, you know, whatever religion you're part of. It could be, you know, you might find your your religion and spiritual connection at yoga class. You might find it swimming in the ocean in the morning. You know, you might find it volunteering at the community centre. But what what is that? So connecting to myself, connecting to something bigger than myself, that to me is, is spiritual practice, um, is spiritual life. And irrespective of what structure you are in, but particularly if you are in a uh, corporate structure, which are typically male-dominated, a very linear model of success, um, very masculine traits, which the research tell us are things like, you know, driven, singular-focused, um, doesn't necessarily plan for the future, but it's all about now, you know, quarterly focus and et cetera, um, ambitious, that you have a way and a practice of coming back to yourself, that you have a constant reminder um, and rituals and routines and habits that enable you to come back to how you connect to yourself and how you connect to something bigger than you. 
because we just get lost, right? And it's the same for women who are running their own businesses, for entrepreneurs. Like it's so easy to get into that constant hustle state and we lose ourselves in that. Um, I mean, I I see women who say they're going to leave corporate and go and start their own businesses because they want to have all of these things we talk about. They want to thrive and be radiant and have more time and more control But what we don't realize is we take ourselves with us wherever we go. So if you don't have those things in your life and that sense of connection, then that's where you're still going to be if you're in your own business. So daily practices, working out what's on your yes list, working out what's on your no list as importantly, and looking at how do you anchor yourself so that you can live your truest most aligned life Mm. is what it's really about irrespective of where you are where you work whether you're home with the kids you know yeah yeah wherever you are I love that because I mean spirituality means so much to so many different people like you said from a culture religion or it could be as simple as doing yoga or meditation whatever that may be for you but it is it is that daily practice to connect with the self yeah I mean for some people their spiritual practice is their morning coffee like, yep. let's be real for yep. some people, like that is a spiritual experience. And it, it like, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about your spiritual practice. It only matters that you have a way of connecting in and out. That's it to me. Absolutely. So, so, so true. So Megan, <laughs> the other thing we love to ask our woman of inspiration in pain points, we believe everyone has pain points. What would be a pain point or some pain points that you would like to share with us? And how do you move through them? Yeah, Um, I love this question because it's very real and I'm all about that. Look, I think for me, I've had two two ongoing pain points in if I if I really look back from sort of 18 when I really started working through to now, and they would be my drive and my health, and they are in sometimes direct conflict with each other. but when I have them, where when I thrive, when I'm flourishing, it's when I have both of those things in check. And lots of different things contribute to your health, right? Relationships and, you know, practices and the things we've spoken about. Because pain point for me, I'm very driven. I find it very easy to go into my masculine. Um, and a massive part of my journey over the last 10 years has been softening into the feminine, even though the feminine can be fierce and powerful and all of those things, but it's really learning to bring in the feminine and and find that balance. Um, And I'm a creative, you know. It's why I love being an entrepreneur. I constantly get visions and missions and things that would, uh, I think, help and be of service to women, which is why I'm here and being of service to women, we're of service to everybody, right? Because women mm. serve the world. Um, so I ha- I find this constant, uh, I don't call it a pain point, but I, I find this constant tension between wanting to create and serve and support, whether that's content, coaching, programs, websites. Um, I run an essential oils business, you know, because I want to support health and financial abundance for women as well. All of these things, write books, do all the things and just be, you know, just, just be. And I have this constant craving for more simplicity. 
and more space and a more simple life. And that's where sacred living came, you know, came in is because with this tension. So um, I deal with that by focusing on my health, focusing on my well-being on all levels, um, you know, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical. I do that through focusing on my relationships, through managing my calendar, through saying no to a lot of things so that I can have that space. Um, and by being really focused on what, like, what am I saying yes to? If I look at my different businesses from my leadership business to my coaching and speaking to sacred living to um, sacred essentials, which is my doTERRA essential oils business, what is, there's only a couple of things going on at any one time in those, you know, in those areas because I need to focus because if I don't, I'll happily sit at my desk for 18 hours a day. <laughs> and that's a, that, that then turns into a pain point because I'll burn out. Mm. Um, so managing those two things, the, you know, the what am I saying yes to from a business perspective, the how am I looking after myself and the things that matter to me and the people that matter to me, uh, especially as a single parent, right, um, yeah. then that's how I manage. That's how I move through. And it's a constant checkpoint. It's a constant looking at my calendar for the, for the following week or month and saying, is this, is, does this look right? Does this feel right? Can I manage this or what has to come out and what do I need to say no to? And I'm currently doing this for 2019 because I've already got, you know, six overseas trips and I've got for, for business um, you know, new book coming out in June, there's all of these things slotting in and I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like everything else is a no until I map this down mm, yeah. because, and the first thing that goes in is my practice, yoga practice. My mornings are sacred, you know, from six until sort of nine, 10 o'clock, absolute sacred time. Um, my evenings are sacred. So it's, well, what can fit in between? Mm. Gosh, I can relate to everything you were saying, Megan. I, I have that. I have a, a very fierce drive, and I think it's and I think it's because I love what I do, right? And so yes. I'm I'm constantly saying, I don't feel like I work a day in my life. But that's there's a danger around that, right? Because you, yes. you just never stop. Otherwise, yes. And I see this a lot, especially with entrepreneurs. Yeah. Especially with, um, I mean, we're all creative, but especially with creative entrepreneurs, um is we just love it, you know, or any really anyone who feels like they are on purpose. And that can be women who are in executive roles. It can be, it can be anybody, anyone who feels like they're on purpose. Um, we often, we just don't want to stop because mm -hmm. we know that this work is helping. And if we're in service to something other than ourselves, then like why would you want to stop doing that so yeah it is it is attention it's attention for nearly every woman um and a lot of men that I come yeah, across so true and so Megan you work with a lot of entrepreneurs women in business and, and and individuals what would you think is a reason why most individuals do not succeed in business oh wow we need a whole podcast on that um the ones that you come across the most yeah. common ones yeah look Mm. Um, so let's let's talk about entrepreneurs specifically. Um, I think we underestimate what it takes to uh, to 
be successful, and I always say successful in inverted commas because that looks different to everybody. I think a lot of business owners don't define what success actually looks like. Like what does it actually look like? If you look at what does success feel like, what are the numbers, the amount of entrepreneurs I sit down with and I say, talk to me about your numbers, like the business. You know, I was head of strategy for a $5 billion company. I'm like, tell me about your numbers <clears throat> at a really high level. They have no idea. And I say, tell me about the goals. Like, what are you actually working towards this year? And this could be in a corporate career as well. Like, what are the three things? They can't tell me. They can tell me the 50. They can't tell me the three. What are the things that are going to make a real difference to you in your business, to your clients, to who you're serving? They can't tell me. So lack of clarity is one absolute um, derail, derailing factor for, for business. Um, underestimating there's I don't know who said this but we we underestimate what we can do in a year and we over under and we overestimate what we can do in a week I think is gold I don't know who said that if anyone can tell me I'd love to quote them um so we put 50 things on our to-do list and wonder why we're never moving forward because yeah, we just can't get to it mm. um so clarity uh and then look I think there's this real thing about commitment um, you know, in my work, in my leadership work, I talk a lot about the science of grit and that, you know, grit is the passion and perseverance to achieve our long-term hard goals. So we might have the perseverance to do the thing that's right in front of us, but if we're on a, if we've got a vision that in 18 months we're going to do this and create this, um, and I see this a lot of times with people who want to write a book. They think, oh, I'll just sit down and write a book. You know, you see these things on the internet, write a book in 30 days. Like, bullshit, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, like, let's be real. Like, it's work. If you want to write something meaningful, it takes work. A lot of people just do not have the grit to follow through and do the work, like really do the work. Um, and entrepreneurism uh, has become so glorified and we think it's easy and it's not easy it's work it doesn't have to be uh, like hard excruciating painful work but you got to show up right yeah. you have to show up you have to have a vision you need to be clear and you need to be prepared to get in and get gritty about it um yeah. whilst also at the same time the flip side of that is have uh rigorous radical self-care and that's another reason why I see people failing because they just don't look after themselves yeah you know and you can't have grit to really go after your long-term goals and your big visions unless you have radical self-care mm, so love that. yeah you put those two things together um, with a deep understanding of business if you're an entrepreneur you need to understand your business how does it work? Where does the money come from? You know, what's going to come, especially if you want to transition? Well, that's great. Where's the money in the meantime? All mm. of these things. Like you have to have a deep understanding of business. Put those things together. You'll be successful, you know, and, and just keep loving what you're doing. Yeah. Find the passion. And if you hit the top of a mastery curve and things go stale for you, great. Where's the next one? What's the next mastery curve look like? Where's the next frontier for you? Mm. And what's the smallest step you can take to move on to that? 
Yeah, I could talk mm, about this for days. I love it. I can tell. <laughs> you are very, the passion is oozing yeah. through this microphone. Absolutely. It. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you so much. So, Megan, the other thing that we love to do as we start wrapping up the show is we love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. So what would be that one word for you? Yeah, it's hard, right, because you just listen to what other people tell you. I think one of the things I get told more than anything else is just thank you for being so real. Mm. Um, and it was my first book before I even had thought about branding. It was getting real about having it all. Like we have to be real yeah. Um, because otherwise we just get lost in the stories and the crap and the, you know, how good does my Instagram look today? Who cares, right? Yeah. Just be real. Yeah. And that's, that's for women in this time, this, at this point in history, more than anything else, we need women to be real with themselves, to be real with other people, to take down the masks, mm. um, take off the fricking filters and yep. just be real. And I hope that my work is a place where women can see that and that that's empowering. Mm. That would be my, that would be my hope. Oh, I love that. Very powerful. And the last thing we do as we wrap up the show, uh, we'd love to ask our woman of inspiration to leave three shiny golden nuggets for our listeners. So what would be those three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today? Um, so get clear. Get clear on what is the life that you're trying to create for yourself? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What are the different elements? Um, so that would be number one. Number two would be to really get to radical self-care. What are the practices that you need to do every day that are going to fuel you and sustain you and get you to vibrant, radiant well-being? Could be three things. You know, mm. it could be three things. Could be a green juice, a five-minute meditation, and eight hours sleep. Like, well, they actually, they are actually three really good things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what, what is it that will get you to radical self-care? And then the third would be to be gentle with yourself, mm. to be gentle with other people and to come, just come back to what's sacred, come back to space and simplicity. doesn't matter how complex your life is. You can still find that. And live from that place mm. and live from that grace and that flow and everything is better when you're there. Mm, I've got goosebumps. I love the radical self-care one that resonates with me. Thank you so very much. So, Megan, where's the best place for our listeners to find you? Um, so you can – I live on Instagram. Like I love Instagram. That's my home, Megan, Megan Della Camina. Um, please come and check out Sacred Living. There's a beautiful um, free ebook over there called Get Sacred, Your Essential Guide to Sacred Living. Um, it will eventually be a paid ebook, but for now, because we've just launched, it's up there for free. So I'd love everyone to go and download that. Um, hope it serves you. And I'm at megandellacamina.com is my, is my core home. Megan, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, one, and for sharing your wisdom and your passion. Wow, you are one very passionate woman um, and very inspirational. So thank you so, so very much. Thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. 
that brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift. Where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.